Our first guest joins the uh, program to talk about an op-ed that he and another physician wrote over the weekend. Um, This was a really interesting read, and it appeared in the CBC. And so I want to touch on it right now. We're going to bring in Dr. Hans Clark, the Director of Pain Services at the Toronto General Hospital, to the show. Welcome to the the program, Dr. Clark. Uh, Thanks for having me, Kelly. Your opinion piece, I found it um, really important, and that's why I wanted to get you on the show. Uh, it is four crucial healthcare lessons that Canada needs to learn from COVID-19. I was reading over the weekend that George Bush, back in uh, 2005, um, read about the 1918 influenza pandemic, and he wanted to, he actually went back to the White House after, you know, reading this book and said, we have to do something about putting together a plan in place so that we are ready for pandemics, because these happen, you know, every hundred years. Well, we know that he set something up, but it it seemed to fall by the wayside. People's memories are incredibly short these days and shorter when you're talking about um, something that repeats every hundred years. So that fell by the wayside and they are in a whole lot of trouble in the States. Let's talk about the four crucial healthcare lessons that uh, you and Dr. Um, Abdul set out today. Yeah, for sure, Kelly. So, I mean, Dr. Abdul's uh, actually, he's an economist. He's a, he's a, he worked, he's with the uh, Edmund Odette uh, School of Business at, in the University of Windsor. And so he approached me to say, you know, let, let's take a look at this and see, you know, can we actually put something together that kind of helps bring both worlds together? And, and I said to him, absolutely. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned that pandemics happen every hundred years. I'd say they ha- they're happening a lot sooner than that. Like, I mean, we had SARS maybe two decades ago now. We had H1N1 in, in, uh, uh, you know, 2008, uh, and now we're dealing with this in 2011. Certainly not global pandemics, but they certainly raised some flags in terms of what we could do better in the system. And it seems as though every time we go through one of these, we just land right back to where we were. And so, you know, how do we move this forward? And and a couple of, you know, easy things to do is to, you know, to start to drive some policies that actually have preparedness built into them when we're dealing with a lot of these companies and corporations that we're outsourcing to or supply chain issues. And, and put into some of these contracts, uh, you know, what we do in a time of a pandemic so that there's clear direction as to how we ensure that we have personal protective equipment and, and how we actually get to a place where we don't have drug shortages and all of the other things that we may be facing now as a country. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but um, it seems like when the, the talk started of COVID-19, when, the, when it started to hit the news uh, that it could be headed our way, I, I spoke to a few people that had, um, you know, worked on SARS uh, back in uh, 2000 and when, did, when was SARS? Was that 2008? It was 2000. Worked on SARS. It was 2000. 2003. And they, they seemed very confident that we had learned enough lessons and we were prepared. Did we not learn from SARS and why weren't we prepared? I think we I think we learned in terms of you know how better to to help uh, frontline workers and things of that nature. We just didn't have the po- we just don't have the policies in place to enact it and enable these things. And we didn't actually uh, have a sustainable investment plan. And it goes to you know these four year cycles that we have with our with our whether it's a provincial or a federal government. And so it's it's hard for these policy folks to see beyond the next election sometimes. But healthcare is not something that you know in times of plenty that we want to dedicate resources to. And because of that, we land 
hand in times like this when when we need the the help to be throwing a lot of band-aid solutions at it and it would be nice to see you know if we had the best you know if we come out of this to to have some really smart folks sit down and create policies that ensure that we are ready to to enact the next time we're in this situation well i mean with the economy shutting down like it is and you know stock markets in the toilet do you think finally these policymakers have the wake-up call they need to actually follow through I mean, that's ultimately the hope. What we don't want to land in is a, is a place of a complete recession where we, mm-hmm. we don't uh, actually invest in the areas and, and prepare to, to mitigate some of these. You know, this isn't going to be the last pandemic. We're going to have another, you know, potentially respiratory virus in the next 10 years that, that may do the same thing to us. So let's just not be in the same place when that happens again. So the first lesson you outline um, is that healthcare research and development is a space that the Canadian government must invest in as a routine policy. We can't leave this task to only profit-seeking companies. You move on to uh, your second um, lesson that we can learn. Do you want to hit on that? So in terms of the supply chain? Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we're, we're certainly seeing is you have a lot of these vulnerable populations now. And so everyone's really focused on the frontline COVID positive patients. But who's being lost in the background are vulnerable patients in particular. You know, let's talk about the chronic pain patients. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an anesthesiologist and I do a lot of pain medicine. These folks are, you know, some of them are heading to the pharmacy to try to get their medications and then trying to go back the next day for another three months of their medications because they're really scared that they just won't be around. And, you know, to have policies in place to, to protect some of these folks are important. And obviously, we're all under increased stress, the psychological issues that many of us are now dealing with, you know, and, and really having no access to care. So some of the positives, I think, that have that have come out of uh, this has been, you know, yes, the, the readiness to do telemedicine, the readiness to do telehealth. Um, uh, you know, people are even using some Zoom platforms. We know there's issues with that. I think you've seen in the media just in terms of security and, and personal privacy issues with using platforms like that. But maybe these are things that we can start to look at to deal with some of the massive wait lists that we're going to have at the end of this, you know, all of the cancer surgeries are being postponed mm-hmm. and, and thinking of, 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 the, of the folks that are sitting there completely paralyzed and, and understanding that they may not actually be able to access their health care for, who knows, six to eight months after we're through this. And so, uh, you know, some of those lessons are, are definitely important. And, you know, there should be clear, defined policies in terms of some of these supply deals that we've made that this is what happens in a pandemic. And, and I don't think those are there. You have a fear that Canada is going to see a spike in opioid related deaths because people will not be able to get their opioids and they'll turn to um, the, the street drugs, which are we already know fentanyl is it's deadly. Uh, you know, and, and what we are seeing is, unfortunately, in, in times of stress, it, you know, increases in terms of domestic violence. And, and you know, I, I want to keep this positive, as you said at the start of this, but, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's stories of, you know, individuals that are even stealing from their loved ones and things like that in the in the fear of a pandemic. And, and, and these are things that, you know, ultimately, we're all humans and, and, and they're, they're positives and negatives, but certainly things that I think can be mitigated. You and Dr. Abdul also said that you need to establish one thing that we need to learn and a lesson we need to learn from this COVID um, pandemic is we need to establish surge capacity in healthcare. Tell me about that. 
And so when we think about some of the things that were kind of lying in the in the background, and you know, the Prime Minister mentioned this uh, Thornhill Medical, one of my colleagues who has these portable ventilators, and and their potential, you know, deals with the military, et cetera. None of the, none of these things were actually thought through. You know, now we're we're throwing a lot of dollars at it to to build these portable ventilators. We should have had at least the central government should have had a stockpile of some of these sitting and waiting to say, okay, we know we've been through respiratory um, uh, viral illnesses in the past that led to significant issues of access and why don't we prepare for some of these things and, and part of the sustainable plan could be to identify some of these areas in healthcare that these folks know quite clear uh, you know that we need some of these tools to help us get through these times to to actually invest in them in advance. Well, you know, you you highlighted in your piece that Prime Minister Trudeau recently acknowledged Dr. Joe Fisher, who's one of your colleagues at Toronto General Hospital, Thornhill Medical. His uh, team came up with a, a portable intensive care unit. It's it's battery operated. It has a ventilator, can perform uh, perform vital sign monitoring. And they could have ordered this ages ago. But now we're starting to kind of backpedal and try and get as many of these as possible we already had the solve. We just didn't look ahead to the future. I think you're. I think you're right, Kelly. And you know, listening even to the premier's message last week, that you know, we really uh, kind of have ourselves to blame, and and we we need to be in a place where we're not relying on others. Uh, and so, you know, uh, putting a, a group of people together, say, okay, pandemics are real. This is something that is going to be here again. Globalization might fail, as it, it is appears to be failing right now in terms of supply chains from around the world. And how do we ensure that Canadians have the capacity within our communities and, and our economies to, to sustain this? Doctor, let's hit on your fourth and final lesson that we need to learn, and it is about our aging population. You know, one of the things that we, we struggle with in medicine is is as the population ages, how do we continue to keep up with uh, the capacity that we need and, and how do we continue to, to keep the population healthy? And there's great knowledge, obviously, from one pandemic to the next uh, to, to ensure that that brain power continues on and that the economy stays strong. And I think, you know, getting to a place where we can ensure that our aging population is, is cared for as well as our, our younger population, especially when we know that our, this is the first time in the in the world stage where two-thirds of the population is older than the, the, the than 65. And so, you know, how do we in, ensure that some of that population maintains appropriate health to continue the economy was, was the point being made there by Dr. Abdul. Do you think we're going to see a lot more people look at uh, putting their loved ones into long-term care homes and say, you know what, I have to find a way that I can work it out so that they can uh, live at home? Do you think we'll see a change in the model? It's interesting. I, you know, there, there's just a capacity issue in general, but, you know, the, the appetite perhaps to, to use long-term care facilities might change as a consequence of this for sure. We're seeing even in, uh, in Toronto, we're seeing outbreaks in some of the Scarborough nursing homes and, and other areas of the city. So uh, it certainly is something to, to think about. I want to thank you for your time today. It's been uh, super informative. If people want to read your op-ed, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's a good read. It's a quick read. And it is simply titled um, Opinion for Crucial Healthcare Lessons Canada Needs to Learn from COVID-19. Thank you so much, Dr. Clark, for joining us on the show. It was an absolute pleasure, Kelly. Thank you very much. S stay safe.